Hello, welcome to Guides to the Unknown. I'm Kristen. I'm William. And we are here to tell you about spooky, weird things. You've been waiting for us. <laughs> and we've returned. Here we are. Yes. I think we're just going to jump right into it <laughs> yeah, this week. Yeah, totally. Right? Yeah. Why, why wait? Let's exactly. Lift the veil. Let's do away with all the pomp and circumstance and just tell each other some GD scary stories. We typically have so much pomp right. and circumstance. Uh, We're dialing it back for this show only. Yeah, exactly. We'll be back to our stodgy old ways yeah. next week. Yeah. Uh, Kristen, why don't you go first okay. this time? All right. So, William, you and I had an experience that I wanted to expound on and share with our listeners okay. and viewers. I don't know if ex- having an experience is the best way to put it. So I don't even know what led us to do this. We had a little ghost hunting expedition in the basement here where we yeah. record a few weeks ago. Um, so we downloaded a ghost hunting app that was suggested to us by one of our listeners and viewers, Drew Hester, who's actually a paranormal investigator. That's right. And he was like, in a pinch, this will do. He wasn't like, this is amazing or whatever. And we decided to just for fun, just go around the basement, seeing if it would work. And we didn't get a whole lot of player reaction. No, but we did We did put it on the YouTube channel. Yes. So you can still go watch it. It's on mm-hmm. YouTube.com. Or no. Uh, yeah, no, that's right. right. YouTube.com yeah. slash TalkBomb. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I uploaded a very clickbaity style uh, screenshot. Good. As the cover art. Yeah. But yeah, we do a little uh, ghost hunting down here with smartphone apps. Yeah, exactly. And then we went upstairs and we did a search for actual ghost hunting equipment so that we could use that and play around in the house in the basement, but maybe do something cool in the future. We've talked about doing that, so we're like, why not order something? Yeah. And when we were on that website, we saw all these cool, weird ghost hunting equipment things that I had never heard of before and didn't know existed. Yeah. So Will... I'm just going to talk about that. That's awesome. I'm just going in to the website that we used, ghoststop.com, and just kind of talking about some things that they have there, reading some descriptions, and telling you about how the world of ghost hunting equipment is much more, and this might be more common on me than them, like thoughtful and forward thinking than I would have expected. Is that I did, right? I didn't expect all the innovation See, I... and problem solving. Like These guys have been like, what's a problem? That we can correct and then doing that via product. Very interesting, actually. I wonder um, – I looked at some of those products because mm-hmm. um, we ordered a bunch of ghost hunting equipment. Yes. Uh, P.S. Maybe we should show that on the show. Yeah. Right? Just do a tour of what we actually got. Maybe yeah. at the end of you explain what's on there. We can do a little show and tell sure. the things we have. Sure. Um, but I remember looking at some of the things on the website. Not just this website. Yeah, in general. In yeah. general. And being like, some of these things look like – Little, you know, gizmos and gadgets mm-hmm. that somebody would want to buy because they look like something you'd see in Ghostbusters. Yeah, and, oh, for sure. And that was about as deep as I ever got with it was like, I think we all know, I love ghosts mm-hmm. and ghost hunting subculture stuff, but I love it at arm's length. Yeah, same. I've, I'm not involved personally with these things. Right. But I love to look at it. interesting. And uh, perhaps uh, maybe a bit cynically, Yeah. I don't believe that this stuff works, but I love the idea. Of, I mean, that's why we straight up bought ghost hunting equipment. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so we are in the market. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Yeah, just No, to totally. So here's something that caught both your and my eye when we were looking at this site in particular. The boot. Buddy, which is a ghost detecting teddy bear. <laughs> now, William, at first blush, I you're thought, a genius. It didn't even occur to me as we were looking at these that we were straight up sitting in the living room upstairs talking to each other about the Boo Buddy. Yeah, and it never occurred to me like, oh, we should tell people about this. But you're right, that's an insane thing. Right. It's insane. I'll stop interrupting. Now. No, I, I haven't even noticed. It's fine. Um, so I want to say it again because I like this phrase. At first blush, uh-huh. I thought the Boo Buddy was just like. 
I don't know. They were just like, okay, let's make a teddy bear ghost hunting thing. Like, it's just like a weird novelty thing right. or it's creepy or something. It even being a teddy bear serves a specific purpose. I had never, so I'm highlighting a few things that I had never heard of in the realm of ghost hunting equipment, which is not saying a whole lot because I'm like not in that world the way you said. But the reason it's a teddy bear beyond some of the functionality that I'll get into is that it is at once ghost hunting equipment, but also it is a trigger object, which is a thing in ghost hunting. So I read the reviews on the Boo Buddy universally positive i believe everybody's loving this thing and a couple of them mentioned that it's great because it's this it's that and it's a trigger object so i was like i don't know what that is so i looked it up and on cpsparanormal.com they define it by saying a trigger object is an inanimate object such as a toy personal belonging or other object associated with the deceased which is used to attract the entity's attention or possibly capture the object in motion by creating a uh, possible physical content of the object by the entity. Many investigators will use items like toys, i.e. stuffed animals, there's your boo bear, balls, etc., when dealing with the ghosts of children who have passed on due to the playful nature of a child's mind. It is a way of not only drawing the ghost close to you, but it also gives the confidence that you are not there to harm it, just to play and to contact it. So that's what the boo buddy is doing, but it does other stuff. So first of all, Drawing goes to it potentially and making them feel safe like this is an approachable thing. And also, ooh, me love Teddy. That's almost the opposite of what I thought it was going to be. I just thought it was like a dumb gimmick, to tell you the truth. I don't think I thought of it any further than that. I was just like, oh, okay, it's just it's just weird. I thought it might have been a tool to comfort living children. Oh, that's right. That was my other thought. It was that it's for kids. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, yeah. this is, uh, you know, little babies, my first ghost hunting <laughs> equipment, the boo buddy, or like just like something that would like not seem out of place to hide in a kid's room. Right. So you're not alarming them that you're hunting for ghosts. But meanwhile, here's the boo buddy. I forgot. I had also thought, and I think we talked about when we looked at it, that it's for your like kid to huggle and snuggle, but then you'll know if there's danger afoot and you can like save them. He's like, keep hugging, Timmy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on to that boo buddy. There's a banshee right behind you. (laughs) This thing's going off like crazy. It's going off like nuts. Keep hugging, Timmy. Hug it tighter. Close your eyes. Hug it tighter. Shh. But no. Okay, so it's made to make the ghost feel comfortable and also maybe draw them in a little bit. Yeah. But- Boo Buddy Talk. So I'm just going to straight up rather than me trying to explain it because I don't know the ins and outs of Boo Buddy. I'm just going to read the description of it. Wonderful. Okay. So this is the talking bear every investigator wants on their team. This is not your average bear. Oh, nice. Uh, Boo Buddy has the attractive good looks and so much more. Boo Buddy is not just an EMF bear, but an interactive investigator asking questions and reacting to any changes in the environment just like a human investigator. It's actually kind of genius. Boo Buddy Talks. Ask EVP questions or ask asks EVP, EVP questions and interacts. It detects changes in EMF, temperature, movement, and vibration, responds to those changes in a cute, friendly voice, and comes in two quarters. Uh, colors. Quarters. Comes in two colors. Boo Buddy is not a toy. Boo Buddy is an investigator. Boo Buddy's mission is to investigate the paranormal with us, promoting positive response and letting us know when the environment changes. Boo Buddy asks EVP questions in order to trigger a response. If anything changes, EMF, motion, or temperature, 
BooBuddy will respond appropriately, letting us know that we may not be alone. Set BooBuddy and turn it on to detect environment changes and start asking questions. Make sure to set a recorder or camcorder near the doll to document any potential responses. That and BooBuddy loves being on camera. Children love it, but this is definitely not a toy. When it comes to ghost hunting and paranormal investigations, some theories suggest that using an object familiar and attractive to an entity may entice them to interact. Your trigger object. So what this thing does, I love let me it. skip a little bit because it's a little bit I love it. redundant. Um, so like examples a- are that like there are settings. You can set it and be like, okay, ask you questions. And boo butt, and you can walk away. That seems to be part of the appeal of this is that it's like a standard investigator in a way. So some people put boo buddy in a room, set up a video to record or, um, a, you know, just audio recorder to record and be like, boo buddy, ask questions. And then it's like, do you want to be my friend? Yeah. No. yeah, that's the thing. And then it'd be like, "Do you want to play?" And so you're just prompting it, so you can then listen later without you having to stand there and do it. Then, if something moves the boo buddy, it has a motion sensor, and there's a little video where you can see how this works. The person in the video barely boops the boo buddy on the schnooze. Schnooze. Yeah. Hit the and schnooze then, button. Yeah. And then boo buddy goes, "Hee hee hee, that tickles." That's just so a that, children's toy. No. So that you can know that something moved the boo buddy. It's alerting you to that. Why wouldn't then he say te- something just moved me? Why William? is he saying he, 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 that tickles? Why because is it a tickle me you're elbow? making a child ghost comfortable, you dolt. Oh, and then, he's saying that for the child ghost. Well, it's for your com- benefit. But, but meanwhile, he'll go like, the temperature just plummeted at 80 degrees. No, <laughs> no, burr. It's cold in here. Oh my god. That's what he this says. So you're keeping story. the child ghost comfortable. This is non-threatening, but you're still getting the information that you need as an investigator. Now listen to this. <laughs> I said that without anything really to follow it up. <laughs> um, okay, that's about it. You're a marketing genius. Thank you. That's about it. But if but you, wait, there's more. Now let me you, find something to say. Here. Yeah. If you want the benefits of the boo buddy, sans teddy bear, there's a boo buddy app. Uh-huh. A Boo Buddy Ghost Hunter app that you can buy. So you can set that in a room. And I, I think that's just an EVP question machine where it's just going to be like, just say things. So it says it's a mobile app. It is a light version of the physical Boo Buddy. It talks and that's all. It does very good. So you can set it down next to your recorder and it'll be like, do you want to be my friend? And then, yes. what's your favorite TV show? Friends. <laughs> I'm a bit of a Phoebe. The one with the boo betty. I almost said boo bear. The one where Joey buys Chandler a dog. (laughs) That one one cracks me up. Um, You've sold me on the boo bear, which is stunning because I feel like I'm sitting here sneering. What did I say? Boo bear. I keep saying that too. Boo bear. Yeah. Uh, Boo bear is better. It's like poo bear. I know. I wonder if it's like copyrighted already or something boo buddy boo Boo bear it seems obvious to do boo bear right how much does a boo buddy cost it is like 259 or 295 i already x out of the thing steal yeah but if you think of that as a stand-in for an investigator like if you want if you're what if you're a solo investigator Mm -hmm. or even you're investigating the biggest haunted mansion yeah and you only have a number of ghost investigators to cover a couple of rooms you bring Boo Buddy in, you set him in a room, you set up a camcorder, and see what happens. Right. It's actually kind of amazing. That is kind of amazing. I like it as a a, a secretive tool to slip yeah. into a child's bedroom. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you could do that, too. So that the kid doesn't know what the code is, so they're right. just, like, trying to sleep. And then they hear, like, ooh, it's cold. 
world. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell does that mean? And essentially, it's they're, trying to communicate. Well, they just talk back. They're like, it is Boo, ba- boo Buddy. It's it just, sure is called yeah. a phantasm is inbound. <laughs> Excuse me? I'm sorry, Boo Buddy. So when you turn it Better on, hide under your sheets. Woohoo! <laughs> I'm the Boo Buddy. When there's an EMF. So the, those those are like the visual things of being like, oh, something's up. Like it'll say like, ooh, that tickles if something touched me. Or it says like, brr, cold in here. If it detects, because it's also an EMF meter, let's not forget. If it detects a spike in EMF activity, its limbs turn red. Oh, it's like the Terminator now. So oh, like, I love it. You know that it's on by its tummy being green. Like if you like push it on tummy's green, you know it's on. You can glimpse me like, okay, Boo Buddy is still on. But then, yeah, if if something happens, then its arms turn red. <laughs> A ghost is present. Um, I've changed. <laughs> Something's transforming me. The red starts creeping up its arms into its face. It turns the green belly red, and then its eyebrows go down. I feel nothing but pain. Yeah. <laughs> I want to give nothing but pain. This is wild. It's like a Teddy Ruxpin. Yes. Yes. With exactly. a dark twist. Exactly. It's wonderful. Which is what we need for our Teddy Ruxpins. It's pretty genius. Why couldn't awesome. you just have theoretically? Yeah. It's only for children ghosts? I don't – well, I think it's like targeted for children ghosts. But I guess with anything, it's like, oh, this object is talking to me and everything. So that seems scary. But if it's a teddy bear, it's less threatening? For uh, – like they I should have like a real doll for everything Ew. that's not a kid. God. <laughs> like, I'm, horrific. I'm, I'm gravitating way more toward the boo buddy than the real doll. <laughs> oh. That's not a tr- that's a trigger object in a different way. Oh, see, I don't even want that. I just want it yeah. to be like a person, just like an adult guy. I'm not. Wait, <laughs> Something I know. just touched my nose. I just mean trigger and like freakiness. Oh, oh, oh okay. Wait, yeah. I thought there was a, a secret seductive angle to the real doll, but I didn't want to approach that. Well, there is in yeah. general, but that's not what I was alluding to. Okay, good. God, I, no. I was trying not to either, but... No, but... It we, happened. We got there. It happened. Oh, well. Let's move on. Let's move on. So I have two other things. They're just quick, but also that I found in ghost hunting that I was like, huh, how interesting. Like, these are a little bit more playing into like, oh, there was something that's troubling about the old product. So we need a new product with updates that eliminates that trouble. Yeah. So... Probably a lot of people and I had heard of um, EVP recorders. So electronic voice phenomenon is the idea that you could be just recording in a room and not necessarily hear anything back. So you would ask you or your boo buddy would ask questions. And if you listen to the tape back and you use software to kind of cut through the static and everything that you could maybe hear an actual voice of something from like another dimension. So they have EVP wristband recorders. So I saw that on the site and I was like, okay, like they're just like, again, with what I thought with the boo bear, I was like, all right, it's just like adding bells and whistles to something unnecessarily. Sure. Like, oh, we're putting an EV or an EMF meter in a bear. Right. We're putting an EVP recorder, but on your wrist. Like, why? And then the description of it says that it's so that you can eliminate um, environmental noise by man- by moving the EVP recorder around or anything because it's always with you. So I guess you just have to make sure that you're not like bonking it into your body. Maybe it's a problem. I haven't done this before, but maybe a problem in the market has been that like you move your EVP recorder place to place and it's like blah, 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 like while you're moving. And so it messes with the feedback. This is just with you. You're free and easy and you can record wherever you are. 
Mm, yeah, I take more issue with that just as somebody who even works a little bit with audio. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, I kind of thought that too. I was like, well, I mean, you're moving. You are moving though. Like if it's stationary, yeah. sure, when you move it during that time, there's going to be a problem. But then you leave it. And right. It's still. Yeah. Unless a ghost is messing with it. Let's not discount that. True. Yeah. So when you keep it on your wrist, you're keeping it closer to yourself. Like a lady clutching her purse to her right. down a dark alley. We're holding our EVPs close so that the ghosts can't mess with them. Perfect. There it is. All right. You figured out the the, the reason why that's great. I know. <laughs> um, oh, and also then you can um, you can arm your whole team potentially. You could all be wearing them so you could be in different corners of the place wearing your EVPs. You could also carry recorders the same way. Yeah. I'm going to move on. You could. Okay. So then the other thing that I had never heard of before <laughs> that fell apart under scrutiny. Um, the other thing that I had never heard of before, it's not really like a – fixing a problem in the market thing where I was just like, huh, this is neat. Those laser pens. Yeah, yeah. So we saw on the site when we were looking, um, you know, like the best way I can think to describe it is a combo of these two things. Remember like a few years ago when people were carrying around laser pens, they were super annoying and you'd be at like the movies or a concert and there's a red dot on the screen and you're like, oh boy, there's a real funny guy in here who's got a laser pointer and he's doing whatever. That size crossed with those projectors where people project decorations onto their house at the holidays, like red and green dots or things like that. A combo of those two things, but just with straight up green dots. And at least the one that I looked at, um, you can adjust the number of dots to your preference. You can like turn it and and do whatever. And I just thought it was really interesting. The purpose of that is that you would set that up ideally with a tripod Tri- tripod so it's staying still and again not dissimilar to boo buddy you could set that up somewhere with a specifically video camera um and just projected you know in a certain direction and the idea is that it could cat like there could be distortions of those dots right that are indicative of like shadow or ghost or things moving or something like that so in the dark rather than just like trying to rely on like eagle eyeing something you can rely on watching the actual colored dots move to let you know that something is there I just thought that was really cool. It is cool. It's almost like making uh, like shadow puppets. Yeah. Like this laser is projecting a wall of laser. Mm -hmm. And so if something disrupts it, then you know that there is something present. Something's there. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's an interesting – that's something that I feel like is a distinct ghost hunting technique that I did not know about before. I'd never heard of it. Yeah. I think almost everybody at least is familiar with the idea of an EVP or Mm -hmm. if they don't know the term. Yeah. Doing audio to try to catch the voice of a ghost. They're familiar with, oh, damn, I always have it to my tongue, but I lost it. What's that movie with Michael Keaton? White Noise. White Noise. They're familiar with the hit movie White Noise. Me too. Um, And, uh, but the laser thing. Yeah. I feel like it's something that I have never heard. Seems like an innovation, right? It does seem like an innovation. That's what I was interested by. It's very clever. So those are the three things I'm covering today. Sure. There was a lot of interesting stuff just around ghost hunting. I definitely want to cover it more in the future because just um well, I just we'd find like things to do here. Some. Yes. Yeah. But even like kind of older, more um like the first versions of ghost hunting before there was equipment and everything, uh-huh. how people figured out these theories. It's a re- the techniques part of it and tools part of it. I mean, it's all interesting. But I found that very interesting. So I'm definitely gonna be covering that coming up soon awesome well let's um let me go get some of the equipment that we bought so we can do a quick uh little tour yeah because we are truly now chris and i are owners yes of ghost hunting equipment Mm -hmm. all right so we've got now in front of us a variety of things that we uh bought Mm -hmm. from a ghost hunting site and a couple things that were just available on amazon yeah uh so we'll take you through some of the purchases that we made by the way thank you this is the kind of goofball stuff that patreon donations go toward yes and we'll be doing something of interest with it 
in the future. Yeah, we've yeah. been in loose conversations with each other about uh, a ghost hunting thing we'd like to do, mm-hmm. and we'd be doing it for Guide to the Unknown. Yes. So keep an eye peeled for that. But you'll see us use these tools in that mm-hmm. uh, whenever we do it. So uh, this first one, I guess I'll do, this is a uh, a thermometer, an infrared thermometer. What it does is it fires a laser – here, I'll, I'll fire the laser yeah. at you so that people can see. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. It's like a little red dot. Yeah. Like you try to make your cat chase around or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's telling me right now, Kristen, that you are 81.9 degrees. Oh, wow. Seems, Seems low. Low? Have I been dead the whole time? Would that bear be freaking out right now? I guess so. If he was sitting in my lap, is be turning gradually redder and redder. Yeah, to be fair. As I turn paler and paler. The basement here is... Uh, it is chilly. It's very cold yeah. down here. Um, what what temperature am I? We Frisco. Is that cold? We Frisco. Eighty point five. You're lower. I'm lower. Yeah. That's not good. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh. No. Well, we, either way, maybe we're both fading. Like on Back to the Future, when the pictures of his siblings fade because he's like not accomplishing the mission. Yeah. Maybe our temperatures is going to keep dropping lower and lower until we disappear. Just two empty chairs. Yeah. Um, we'll see. But yeah, this enables us to uh, to take the temperatures of things that yep. are around us to see if the temperature is plummeting, mm-hmm. things like that. I wonder if it would also have the dual function of seeing if anything obstructs the laser itself. But that's true. That's yeah, the same thought. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, take a pick. Okay, the laser. So we got one of those laser projector things. We did. I don't know how you turn this on. Oh, I can tell you how you turn it on. You buy the additional battery. Really? It does not take conventional batteries. Well, that's a crock of something. Isn't it? Yeah. All right. But it's well, an interesting device. We'll- yeah. I mean, I'm stoked to use it. It's, it was one of the things that got me most excited and for a stupid reason. I mean, it's just cool. But also, I have a neighbor who has one of those projector laser things onto their house. Yeah. And they have a bush in front of their house that is bare of leaves because it's the winter. And it looks so cool on that, like, just bare branches area like it looks like sparkly and weird and i always liked walking crumbs by that during the winter because i like i'd be like whoa i'm in another dimension so um so i'm looking forward you're 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 easy to please (laughs) what a simple again what a simple pleasure visually dazzled easily i'm glad you enjoy it but weird. I know. <laughs> All right. Um, but yeah, I I, uh, I will order the special battery for this. Yeah, yeah. Which I find irritating. Yeah, it's but it even has like a little lock and key to open the battery chamber. Yeah, I was wondering what that's for. It this has, is serious. Yeah, the laser thing that we have really does have some sort of like a bizarre, you know, professional's tool tactical use vibe to yeah, it. Yeah, yes, definitely. So yeah, we'll, we'll get that going. Uh, this is an EMF tester. Uh, this text tests the uh, electromagnetic fields around us. Mm-hmm. So uh, just to get a sample reading of the environment right now, we'd be looking for peaking, yes. I think, with this. This is like Egon walking around right. in Ghostbusters. Um, right now, I am getting uh, <laughs> something or other. I couldn't. I walked around like almost your whole house, and I couldn't figure out what was going on except for when I was on your stairs Numbers went up, and I think it was because I was, like, over your boiler or something. Ooh. Next to my laptop, it just went in the red. Ooh. That was kind of cool. Yeah, but uh, then, cool. like, out in the middle of nothing. Do it on me. Yeah, it tends to go dark. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting zero. Oh. I'm getting zero off of you. Okay. Microphone? Good. I'm getting an iPhone. A little – so it's good to know that it's a little marginal on the microphone, 0.2. Yeah. So we could always have a margin of error of right. like 0. 0.2, 0. 0.3 right, for right. just our recording equipment alone. Yeah. But, yeah, that's uh, uh, our EMF reader. Yeah. And then, yeah, there's uh, – Little satchel. Yeah, it's like Christmas. I don't remember. I know. 
Yeah, it's fun. It was fun to like find this stuff and oh, be totally. like, well, wait, what's preventing us from just getting yeah, it? Yeah, like we yeah. can. What is this? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. That's my new uh, ear and nose hair trimmer that I bought because I'm an old man. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Did you bring this over on purpose as a joke? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I also deliberately made sure I grabbed stuff so that it would be your turn to pick up a thing and that'd be the only one left. <laughs> I have. Oh, God. <laughs> I bought a new ear and nose hair really trimmer. <laughs> oh my gosh! The thing, the thing went nuts. The M operator went nuts off of my. Oh my gosh! It's flaming red next to my ear and nose hair trimmer. It knows that it's been places. There's a dark entity. <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! Oh my god! Oh, it's going wild! That it is... went up to seven point oh. That's shocking. That is so funny. Oh my gosh! Yeah, we try to make sure everything's catered to audio as well. That's something that video people, if you yeah, want yeah, proof, yeah. of what we just experienced, tune in YouTube.com/slash/talkman. Oh my god, that was really fun. Oh, that's crazy! Wait, it's going, look, it's look. going crazy again. Why is it going? Crazy oh, it's up again? to a, like eleven point. Do the spirits really like that joke? Maybe. I think that means that we made some spirits laugh just now. I think probably. Yeah. There's no laugh-o-meter for ghosts. <laughs> Although maybe that would be the EVP thing, too. Yeah, I guess yeah, so. I yeah. Uh, but there you go. That's some of the uh, ghost oh hunting God. equipment that Kristen and I legitimately own now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we're going to do something cool with it. We'll figure it out. Absolutely. Uh, really excited about that. Yeah, I am, too. Cool. Yeah, we got to go figure it out. Well, sick ghost hunting uh, equipment... Thanks, bro. Sick ear, nose, and whatever trimmer. Not ear, nose, and throat. Sick in every meaning of the term. So what do you have? So I uh, have a topic that I think speaks to a very fundamental fear Mm -hmm. that is shared by seemingly all of mankind. Places unseen. Places unseen. The underside of your bed. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm going to be telling you all about the monster under your bed. Ooh. Yeah. So I think that we're all pretty familiar with the idea, especially of children saying, you know, mommy, mommy, daddy, daddy. Feed me, feed me. Feed me. My boo buddy is going off and I'm starting to lose it. Uh, no, but saying, you know, can you check under my bed? I think there might be a monster yeah, under yeah. my bed. Now, I, uh, I thought of that and I decided to figure out what the deal is. Mm-hmm. With that, and why is that such a common fear? Yeah, that is interesting. The that answer, is one of those like innate things. Yes, yeah. it's it's instinctual. Yeah, perhaps literally, it's an interesting answer. Yeah, um, that I wasn't even anticipating because I didn't really know what I was getting myself into by by trying to look this up. First of all, there's not like information from my typical sources. It's not as though there's not a character that's yeah. known to be the monster under your bed or something that you can get the origin of or something like that like I might traditionally do. Right. Um, but instead, I was sourced to a lot of psychology articles yeah. and a lot of blogs for parents. Huh. That makes sense. Doesn't it? Yeah, totally. And it's some of it was giving advice on how to help your child um, cope with this fear, get over this fear, um, and sort of like take back their power in this situation yeah. because a yeah. lot of people, a lot of children have this terror that there is something in the dark. And this also includes like the monster in the closet. Uh-huh. I'll lump these two things together. But there are people online who specifically about the monster under your bed. Yeah. Theorize that like, hey, it's scary for there to be a monster in your room regardless of where they are. Closet, sure. bed. But with the bed. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's parallel to you at that point. Oh, yeah. It's as physically close to you as you can be without being able to see it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, And when you're vulnerable. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, part of the theory of some of this stuff is that in a lot of these stories where kids think there's a monster under their bed, it's about like uh, if, if your foot hangs off the side of your bed, mm-hmm. if your arm dangles off the side of your bed, well, that's pretty nearby for nibbling yeah, for a yeah. monster under the oh, bed. Nibbling. Nibbling. Oh, nibbling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, by the way, sidebar, uh-huh. when you picture a monster under the bed – how do you? What do you picture it physically doing? You know what? I've never thought about that. I've I've never thought about that before. Yeah, lying on its side, almost crouched on all fours, but under the bed. Kind of that, I guess. I don't remember having a big fear of a monster under my bed. I don't remember having one either. It's not. It's like a thing I know other people have, but it wasn't really a thing for me, so I don't know. Yeah, it's like a familiar concept to me, but not one that I've had any. Yeah. Real world experience. Yeah. So I guess I think of it being under on its. Stomach, kind of. On its stomach, yeah, like yeah, yeah. crawling. Yeah. Crawl style. Yeah, like it crawls under there, now it's waiting, I right. guess. Yeah. Uh, I just had an image in my head. Tell me how scary this is. Uh, it's under your bed. It's lying on its back with its arms outspread and legs outspread. Ew. Almost like it was going to bear hug or something. Ew. How scary is that? It's scary. I don't like it. Yeah, I just thought of that. Well, I do. I like it. Yeah, it's very scary. <laughs> Pretty spooky, yeah. huh? Anyway. <laughs> spooky stuff, bro. Anyway. So a lot of the information I'm going to give to you, I got from Dreams dot uk or dot co dot uk cool so that was cool first of all they tie this all into essentially the general fear of the boogeyman uh-huh we talked about the boogeyman way back in episode one mm. but they mentioned a different couple of types of boogeyman that i had never heard of uh way back in episode one a guide to the unknown i talked about how the boogeyman's not really a central monster but a concept of yeah. villains almost like an umbrella term exactly different things can be boogeymen and so this article kind of did the same thing they pointed out two that I had never heard of before one is a Belgian boogeyman hmm. called Ode Waffelmeister Ro- <laughs> <laughs> the old Waffelmeister yeah. you better eat your waffles fast kid or the <laughs> Waffle Master might get them no problem I'm just licking the syrup off my fingers after eating a gigantic stack of waffles yep. he might even yeah. get to the waffle maker's tip yep that's a that's a reference to my personal life. Yep. That I don't have the time to explain right now. It's good though. But it's hilarious if you know. <laughs> it's like four people. Meaning. All right. <laughs> I tried to look up this monster. It was called the Ode Rogue Odin. Okay. Translates literally to old red eyes. Ooh, that's a good name. However, in trying to research this, I was sourced back to this very article. I don't know. All right. If you're in Belgium, and I didn't didn't check the Belgium stats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're in Belgium and you know about old red eyes, hit me up. It doesn't seem to be that available online. Yeah. Although I learned something new about the internet today that I did not know previously because another monster mentioned in this article about monsters under your bed was a French monster. Ah. You know I love French. I know you do. I know you love French pronunciation. Le Croquette Mitan. Ooh, okay. Mm. What does that mean? Uh, the hand cruncher. But, oh my God, the hand cruncher. Or, to be fair, it might also mean the mitten biter. <laughs> Do French kids wear mittens to bed? <laughs> thumbs up, thumbs down. That's yeah. a no. Okay. <laughs> um, the, uh, I like hand cruncher. If we're talking about monsters under a bed, I think it's got to be hand cruncher. It's hand cruncher every time for me. Mama, Mister has bitten my mitten. <laughs> anyway. We're putting your mittens under the bed. Uh, is that also one of those That's... countries where, like, you put your mittens by the bed and, like, Santa Claus what? puts candy in it for Christmas or whatever? No, who does that? I'm sure someone does. Uh, so uh, this is a – oh, this is what I learned about the internet through yeah. this character, uh, La Croquette Mitan. Croquette Mitan. 
I found a Wikipedia article for La Croquette Mitan. It's fun to say. All yeah. in French. I uh-huh. love French. Yeah. Um, all in French. So I hit translate because yeah. Google will translate things for you. Yeah. Uh, and so it was French translated to English. So mm-hmm. I'm going to read you a couple of quotes real quick. Okay. That are not. What, not quite right. <laughs> not quite right. But, but I love better, it. all the better for They're it, I bet. So much better for it. Excellent. Um, the boogeyman. Uh, the uh, La Croquette Mitan boogeyman mm-hmm. is a uh, maleficent character presented to children to scare them and thus make them wiser. Whoa, that's awesome. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Because we've also and talked true. about a lot of these ghost stories and things that kids tell as a metaphor. Yeah. For like, better get in line. Right. Or La Croquette Mitan. La Croquette Mitan. Yeah. Les Incompletants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're what the French call les incompetents. Yeah. yeah. Go share the bed with Fuller. Yeah. Make sure La Croquette Mitan doesn't get any of your mittens. You got four to protect now. And watch that Pepsi. Here's another quote. Real and living people often, willingly or unwillingly, don the boogeyman's personality to threaten children. That's great. Isn't that even this is better? A, without a doubt. I mean, I don't even know what it said before, but like. That's insane. Yeah. It's almost the idea in that one. I that makes take it sound it. like real life walking around. This is just happening. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Or or that um, you'd essentially be like, um, if you don't stop acting up, I will pull this car over and leave you on the side of the road for Witchy Mambo. Right. And then you do it mm-hmm. and you secretly have their uncle dressed like Witchy Mambo yes. at that stop being like, I want to get you, get you, get you, get you, get you. Yeah. So that that lesson really sinks in. Really reinforce it. Uh-huh. You butter believe. You, if and when we, Allie and I have kids, yeah. I'll be dressing up like a monster. Yeah. Just, just doing nightly checks. Yeah. You behave in yourself. Have them come down to the basement, and then I'll go to these windows. Oh, my God. Yeah. We'll get those kids acting right. <laughs> sure. They'll be acting real right. Right this. and tight. Absolutely. But the thing that I learned about mm-hmm. Wikipedia, there was a uh, Wikipedia article for La Croquette Mitan in French. Yeah. Not available at all. Not even like a naturally translated page in English. So there's a whole world of internet pages yeah, about another folklore and monsters that we're not seeing because we're viewing the English internet. We don't have the access. We don't have the access. We just don't have the access. We might so have to crack through the mainframe. Right. So, like, theoretically, if I accessed the Belgian Wikipedia, maybe I would have an article right, right. for Odd Rogue Odin. I don't know. But we might have limited information because we're not seeing the whole picture. Yes. Yeah. We're seeing what big true. English wants us to I see. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Crap. Uh, all right. So, back to Monsters Under the Bed. There are a lot of yeah. theories about why. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the theories is based on when children tend to start saying, I think there's a monster. There's like a median age. This is around four or five years old. This is because, uh, kids imaginations become much more vivid around this time. And they start to understand more abstract concepts such as, such as fear, but they have a hard time distinguishing Mm -hmm. fact from fantasy. Interesting. So they have a fear and it becomes real. It's beyond belief, fact, or fiction. They're like brains are like lighting up more because they're starting to grasp I love that. metaphysical concepts a little bit. Isn't it so interesting the way the brain develops and it's then what crazy. kinds of things start to come into experience because of that? There's I a lot of that, that in this. It's 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 insane. so interesting. It's really wild. Um, there's a doctor, Doctor Kaufman, who mm-hmm. seems to have a technical perspective. We got two quotes mm-hmm. from this person. Children don't have. Years of experience coping with such sounds at night or mastering the art of falling asleep. So they're particularly susceptible to signs or indicators of a threat at night. Now, what I love about that. 
They're on high alert. They're on high alert. Yeah. But not only that, they're not used to falling asleep. Right. You know that feeling? They used to be rocked or like somebody was ushering them into sleep and around that age. You know what I mean? Like maybe they have like their big kid bed or something. Now they're on their own. I love that feeling of uh, lying in bed and you can't quite sleep, mm-hmm. uh, but then you start having thoughts oh, that they, are disjointed. Yeah, and you're like, oh, okay, this is this start of, this is the start of a dream. I'm starting to fall yeah, asleep. Yeah, I'm starting to fall asleep right yeah, now. Yeah, And you are able to isolate it sometimes and be like, oh, like you've been lying there being like, oh, I'll never fall asleep. And then you're just thinking about like a, I don't know, uh, going to the mall yeah. or something like that. And you're like, well, I wasn't at the mall. Oh, good. I'm falling asleep. Yes, totally. I love that too. Uh, it's such an odd you wanna, foot in both worlds. You want to hear a really weird falling asleep thing? So th- this never happened to me until I started sleeping literally with Ryan. I now, and it, he, okay, I'm saying this backwards. When we be falling asleep, Ryan twitches when he's starting to fall asleep. Oh. Like he like jerks. Oh, I do too, actually. I have a sudden I feeling of falling. Never. Well, no, it's not that, at least for me. I never did that before. I noticed it with Ryan, like, you know, years ago. And I was like, huh, hey, what's this? I guess we talked about it in some way. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, I don't know. I just, when I start to fall asleep, I like twitch. I started doing that. It was like I caught it. It's so oh, weird. weird. It's purely a physical thing. I don't have a sensation of falling or anything. It's just muscle. Sp- it feels like not anything. It doesn't feel bad, good, whatever. Uh-huh. But as a, the other sign besides thinking of weird things is that when I'm starting to fall asleep, I start to jerk a little bit. Not like crazy, yeah. but like here and there. So I'm like, oh, I guess I'm falling asleep. Weird. And I looked it up however long ago this started to happen. And it's like a common thing. But it's like I caught it. Isn't yeah. that so weird? That is weird. Yeah. I have a, a loose theory mm-hmm. that uh, when, you're, when you've partnered up with somebody else, yeah. um, you come from two uh, disparate culture types. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you just start to build your own. Yeah. It's not even necessarily like you are adopting each other's traits, but rather you're creating a third new thing yeah. that never existed before. Yeah. So like you are just separate now. For, like really you're building nice. your family Yeah, you're trait, right. You know? Yeah. yeah. Your family trait is that we twitch when we fall asleep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Uh, so – as children enter their primary school years, they develop the cognitive skills and ability to imagine such things as monsters, and their fears of the dark get projected onto the caricature of the boogeyman. The yeah. boogeyman is a template for you to put your fears on. That's awesome. Isn't that great? So it's really whatever freaks you out. Yes, I love it. Now, yeah. this is the one that uh, – I think this was the first quote that really like, caught my eye and made me go like, oh, this is awesome. Uh-huh. Same, same Dr. Kaufman. All right, here we go. Nighttime triggers a lot of fears in children, and adults for that matter. I think as humans, we're troubled and startled by the dark because we cannot see well. The more primitive part of our brain, the limbic system, is focused upon looking out for signs of trouble. And I believe that it is on hyper alert when it is dark and vision is poor. When the limbic system is in this hyper alert phase, we are prone to perceive threats in instances where none exist. That's awesome. It's a reflex. Yeah, yeah. It's primal. I can see you right now. I have awareness of my surroundings to some extent right now when it is dark, even subconsciously and reflexively, because I don't know for sure what's happening in this room. Mm -hmm. I'm on high alert. Right. And I'm afraid that something might be in here. That's so awesome. It's primal. Yeah. It's primal. Yeah. And even more. So primal. combine that primal fear of the dark with kids, yeah. like, you know, getting to those either like 
uh, social milestones of sleeping by themselves and not having their parents rock them to sleep. Plus, them their brains just starting to understand just other concepts. Just firing and telling you stories that right. you're not aware of. You put that all together, and of course, they're going to think there's a monster under your bed. Monsters. That's actually, in a way, the most logical conclusion based on all of those things together. Yes. It's yeah. just you've you've done like a deductive reasoning right. process. It just brought you to a result that's not based not on to, our reality, right? But it's based on your emotional reality. Yeah, it's based on your sense of personal safety. Yeah, it's completely logical given what's going on in your brain and the circumstances that you're aware of. Yeah, it's rational. It's just not correct. That's so cool. Isn't that amazing. I love that. I even love it's such a simplistic sentence to be like uh, these fears are brought on because it's dark and we can't see. It's like well, yeah. No kidding. Right. But then when you think about what that really means, yeah. the idea of not knowing for sure that you're safe. Right. Kickstarts your mind. It boots it into another process. Yep. I'd better be aware. Yeah. I'd better be as aware as possible just in case. Right. So even more psychologically based, uh, this now we're going to move on to Peter Gray, a professor of psychology at Boston University, who suggests that our fears of the dark might be an evolutionary memory. It might be an instinct brought on by our days as hunter-gatherers where it would be dark out and you would have threats. Yeah. You might have threats of wild animals coming up to you. So you had to That's be aware of the dark. Awesome. Not only was the dark unknown generally. Yeah. It also was – Like a, there were threats in the dark. There were threats in yeah, the dark. It was true. We did yeah. have monsters in the dark. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because you might all of a sudden, if you weren't paying attention, you'd, you know, a coyote would be eating your toesies. Right, right. Your toesy woesies. Um, and we just have that now. He yeah. calls it mis uh, uh, an evolutionary mismatch, mm -hmm. which is something that kept us alive. We're all the results of millions of years of evolution. Uh, but there is a trait that we developed to survive that we don't need anymore. Right. But it's still sticking around. It's still sticking around. And it makes us lie in bed yeah. and worry that there's something else in the room. That's so awesome. Isn't that great? I love that. That reminds me of, and it's a totally different uh, like end result, but the same sort of thinking. So I just finished reading this book that I loved called Joyful. That's about the aesthetics of joy. So things that um, through studies and everything have been proven to elicit joy in a person. Joy meaning quick bursts of enjoyment, like not like long lasting happiness, but like lots of like, ooh, I like that. Uh -huh. And the idea is if you stack a lot of those things into your life, like that's not going to be a bad thing. Like little moments of just joy, even though it's not profound, can lead to happiness. Sure. You know what I mean? So one of the things I thought was interesting, and it talks about different principles of joy that have been studied. So something there, there are names for them that are better, but well, one of this might be right. It, it's like vibrancy. Another one is abundance. So a, a lot of things grouped together would be abundance, whatever, like different things or whatever. And um, for, I think it was called vibrancy, but whatever the principle was, was bright colors. It was saying that that's kind of innate in us to be drawn to color because back in the day when we had to look for – like we wanted to be in areas that were full of life and were safe, like bright green was a sign that life is happening here. Like berries that are a bright color, most of the time sometimes right. to be poisonous, are like – full of life and something that you can eat. So you were drawn to bright colors innately because it meant like safety and your life going on huh. basically. That's interesting. And so we still kind of have that somewhere back in us that's drawn to that kind of stuff because somewhere it pings in us like this is good and life-giving yeah, or life-sustaining. Yeah. I wonder if that's why red is is often perceived as a threat. It's the color of blood. Yeah. Yeah. Could be. Um, and to that end, I had, a mm -hmm. I had a thought about all of this stuff, which is that, you know, you see so many horror movies about 
things that go bump in the night mm-hmm. uh, and stuff like that. And not only is that just sort of a simple uh, manipulation of uh, dramatic irony that you're watching yeah. characters in a movie that don't know there's somebody creeping yeah. around in the dark after them, but maybe it's also cathartic for human yeah. beings to see our most base fear mm-hmm. uh, brought to life in film. Yeah. You know, that we're like, I have to scratch this itch that there's a monster under my bed. Right. I'll make a movie. I'll tell stories about it. I absolutely think that's true. And that will help displace the fear. Yeah. It's it's on the screen. It's in the movie. You can access that instinctive fear of the dark in a movie in a way that will maybe allow you to be a little more comfortable in real life. It makes it safe, kind of. Because your mind is always trying to protect you in the dark. So let your mind do that work while you're watching this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Have empathy for these characters. That makes a lot. I think that could be because also I know that that's the way that a lot of fetishes are born. Like not all of them, but it's something that you actually kind of fear. But you're like rerouting something in your brain to make that thing you fear safe. Oh. So maybe it's the same kind of principle where like we're scared of things in the dark and we're making them safe by watching that happen in movies in front of us. Turn it into entertainment Mm -hmm. in a way to that's your personal. Yeah, you assimilate it coping mechanism yeah that's mm-hmm. interesting yeah yeah um crazy Man. i know right i i love i this is the this kind of thing awesome. that's like i'm not i'm not intellectually equipped uh-huh. to understand these things i've done no obviously i, I feel no like training, you're understanding them no enough schooling yeah but i love them conceptually oh i do I too love i think psychology and like brain chemistry is so interesting because it really is yeah. like a computer in so many ways like yeah. if you do this thing it'll click on this yep. switch I love it. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they talk about in a lot of these parent blogs and stuff mm-hmm. uh, ways that you can help your kids cope with this fear. Yeah. Uh, one of the big things that I think a lot of people do, evidently, I don't know, I'm not yeah. a parent, uh, nor did I have this fear and have mom and dad do this for me, but a lot of parents will do something like they'll create monster spray. So, oh, yeah, I've heard that before. That's yeah. cute. You know, yeah. like you tell your kid, like, oh, you think there's a monster yeah, around? You have Spray some this power. thing. Or put the, yeah. But unfortunately, what that does is it also confirms the fear. Right. That's true. It's like, well, there is a monster for you to <laughs> yeah. spray. Right. right, right. <laughs> there is yeah. a, yes, there is a monster under your bed. And here's how you get rid of it. <laughs> totally. Not like, here's the tool so you'll feel better. It's saying, uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. There's a monster in here. So, yeah. here's this. Spray. Here's how you vanquish it. Right. Maybe something good to do would be give them a flashlight so they can see under the bed and see that it's not there. And bingo. That's yeah. the one that uh, I see being advocated yeah. for. Teaching kids the uh, the necessary tools of reasoning and logic mm-hmm. uh, and uh, a calm understanding yeah. to try to parse out what's really happening themselves. Right. Yeah. Give them tools. Give them a magnifying glass to see through. Yeah. Um, rather than being like, yeah, there's <laughs> right. yeah, there's a monster. Uh, yeah, that's really cute. But yeah, it's just reinforcing the fear. That did also, though, make me think of a scene in a movie that will never exist uh-huh. of a parent being like, well, I read on the mommy-daddy blogs to instead uh, like, give them the tools to like learn for themselves. And so the kid is feeling better about their fear of the dark. Yeah. But then the kid looks under their bed and there's a monster. And there is a monster yeah. there? <laughs> I mean, that's really good. You just put your kid in harm's way. <laughs> yeah. That's How really, dare you do the right psychological thing? You doomed your kid. Yeah. That's very good, though, Will. I, I like, like that. I legitimately like it. Like yeah. I put that in, like, I keep little... Uh, I'm about to say, you should hang on to that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you, I shouldn't say it to send out to the internet? Uh, whatever, it's fine. All right. <laughs> so here are some examples of uh, 
bed, Betty by monsters. Okay. And then we out. One, uh, the grossest example of all is Howie Mandel in the ew. movie Little Monsters. Ew, ew, ew. Have you ever Savage, seen Little Monsters? Of course I have. They used to play it on Comedy Central I've all never the seen time. It. I would turn away right away. And I used to never sleep. So I would see it, I'd see parts of it on as it played on a loop. Ugh, you know what I'd I mean? watch, rather watch Amazing Discoveries. Like I wouldn't know what part of the movie was happening. So it was either the beginning, middle, or end, but it was on yeah. a constant loop. So it felt like a 19 hour long movie. Yeah. And some scenes would happen multiple times. Like, it's horrible. It's horrible. It makes it even scarier. Oh, it was terrible. Um, uh, Monsters, Inc., Pixar mm-hmm. movie. Very cute. This is more about monsters in closets. That's how they travel. But still, the idea was to give sort of an example of the lore behind why monsters are trying to scare you. Yeah. It's their energy source. Right. Children's screams. I've only seen that like once. That seems scary. It is scary. They fix it at the end. It's cute. <laughs> yeah. They, they cute. make it so that that's not their energy source anymore. They find out that children's laughter is far more powerful. So now oh, the monsters show up cute. to entertain kids and make them laugh. And it gives them like an abundant energy source. That's very cute. But it still seems to be about the like economics of like power. That's true. In a you city. are still no, <laughs> weird. It, yeah, that is really weird. Is there Monsters Inc. two? Did that happen? Yeah, Monsters okay, University was a prequel. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then the the third and last one that I've got, I have no additional information on, uh, but I think you'll know what it is when I say. I am the one hiding under your bed. Teeth ground sharpened, eyes glowing red. I am the shadow on the moon at night. Fill your dreams to the brim with fright. Uh, Who needs more information? That's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. uh, I was about to say where it comes from, but why don't I just not know? Who do? Yeah. Yeah. You guys know. You know. You know what I'm talking about. So there you have it. Yeah. The monster hiding under your bed Mm -hmm. and what it really is a French person eating your mittens. What's his name? Les Incompetents. Les Croquettes Majon. Well, it might it? be Monsieur Mongitude under there eating your mittens at oh, night. Oh, I wouldn't put it past him. It might be Monjour Mongitude. I think it's Monjour Mongitude. There's, the re- there's a reason why it's called the mitten biter. William, there's- It's mistranslated as a hand cruncher. William, there's a reason that you chose this topic tonight. It's all lining up. He's setting us up. Don't you see? Monjour Mongitude is coming for us next. He's been pulling the strings the whole time. And then eating them and letting the puppets fall. <laughs> yeah, you and I are totally safe because if you eat those strings, we're just going to fall. Yeah. Oh, we're fine. We're fine. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, thank you, Monjour. Thank you. <laughs> Au revoir. Is that French? Du, okay. Du to the sweet. Du to the fruit. That's perfectly well said. Uh, salut, Monsieur Mongitude. Salut. <laughs> Thanks for eating my mittens. It's freezing out. <laughs> All right, everybody. That brings us to the end yeah. of another episode of Guide to the Unknown. Thanks for hanging out. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah. Go check us out on patreon.com slash pod if you want to give back a little bit. Yeah, if you have any suggestions for what we could do or where we could go in the tri-state area with this ghost hunting equipment, please reach out to us and let us know. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. It'd be even fun to just like reach out to places and be like, hey, will you let us come in and record for one uh-huh. hour? Yeah, totally. You know, and just see what we can get. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hit us up with that stuff. Follow at GTTUPod on mm-hmm. all social media to keep up to date with what we are doing. Yeah. You can join our secret Facebook group as many of you have and yes, thank, thank you so you. much. I love seeing people talking to each other in there and posting, you know, yeah. crazy things. It's a vibrant group. It is. It is a vibrant group. It's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. It's lovely. Um, uh, you can also follow us individually online. That's right. I'm at Chillin' Kristen on Instagram. I'm at Haunted Sponge. Several of you have friended me on PlayStation and I love it. Nice. At Will Rogers 2000. Find a way to add me on Nintendo Switch as well. I don't know how that one works. Yeah. It's all friend numbers and stuff. I'm not sure. But hey, I love to game. Okay. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
We'll see you next week. Yeah. But until then, we must travel. Back to the netherworld go we. Bye, guys. Ooh. That's cool. I like that. Uh Uh-oh. 68.7. I don't know what that means. Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser-known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out. And we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now.